Hello and welcome to your path to success with Ruth Kearns Volman. I'm a leadership coach and I partner with people to create their personal path to success. Now one of my core beliefs is that we will be most successful and most fulfilled when we are the best that we can be based on our individual core strengths, values, personality and passions. And one of the challenges in the workplace and in life in general for that matter is comparison. We look at other successful people or people in leadership and we think that we have to be like them or do things the way they do to be successful. We may even receive feedback or advice from people who matter to us or have an influence in our careers which makes us feel like we're just not a good fit with the role or the organisation. And this is a shame because often it's far from being true. A classic example and one I come across again and again is the introvert who receives feedback that you just need to speak up in meetings. And I've received this myself a few times over the years. While I could see the good intentions behind it, it just made me feel demoralised because clearly people thought it should be easy for me and it wasn't. And over time, I had to learn to speak up and create visibility for myself in a way that worked for me, but it certainly didn't just happen. Now, today I've invited my friend Bethany to have a conversation about her experience of learning to show up as her best self at work. Hello, Bethany. Hi, Ruth. (laughs) So, Bethany, we know each other from working together at P&G, but we've also done some coaching together. And I wonder how you relate to this whole thing of getting feedback, which is well-intentioned, but maybe not helpful. Absolutely. So I've lived in Switzerland for quite a while now. I'm originally from the United States, and learning French has been one of my biggest challenges since I've been here. And the feedback I always get is people say, you just have to talk. You just have to go up to people and talk and talk in French and force yourself to talk in French. And this feedback always rubs me the wrong way because... I don't just go up and talk to people in English. I think about everything I'm going to say before it comes out of my mouth. It's just my nature of communicating. Mm -hmm. And so the expectation that for others who, yes, they can go up and talk in French and fail in how they talk in French and feel totally comfortable with that and just move on, it just doesn't work for me. (laughs) So part of learning French for me has been trying to figure out, okay, how can I learn French in a way that's right for me? And what that has been is actually a lot more of Duolingo type software, reading children's books. So the public library and children's books has been Mm -hmm. incredibly helpful. And figuring out that I don't necessarily have to go up and talk to people to learn French. Mm-hmm. I can do it in a way that works for me. Yeah, although uh, hopefully you do occasionally talk to people. Now. Of course, <laughs> I more and more. <laughs> the better I get at French, more and more. But for the learning, it gives me such a, yeah. a fear of just going up and saying the wrong thing that my all learning modes are shut off anyway. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't help me learn, but it's the advice everyone wants to give me. Just go, just go talk to people. Just go talk to people. I'm like, I don't do that in English. I'm not <laughs> going to do it in French. <laughs> but what I love about that is the kind of the self-awareness and the, the desire to say, you know, I do want to do this. So I'm going to, I'm going to work out what does that look like for me? I know we've talked a bit about this at work, you know, how you can show up as your best self. Tell us a bit about that, about, you know, I know you were telling me about a, a time at work when you had a new boss and, and it, you know, she was very different to you. What, what happened then? Yeah, absolutely. So a few years ago, I, I was at a point in my career where I'd been doing good work. I knew I was doing good work. People were appreciating the work that I was doing. And I had a new boss come in, mm-hmm. also very well respected across the organization. And I was having 
personally, I was even trying to think about, well, what's next for me? Where should I be going? What should I be doing? And I wanted to impress my new boss. I also wanted to show her that I had value. Mm. But what I was, and so often what I would do is we'd go into meetings together, leadership type meetings, and I would want to be like her. I would try to be a miniature version of her. And her and I approach these types of meetings very differently. And she has a mind for numbers, a magnificent mind for numbers. And she has a resource section of how she organizes her notes and her files so that really she can find everything in the moment, in the heart of it, and be ready with the information to bring into the meeting. And I was trying really hard to do this like she did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm, I'm incredibly impressed by how she does this. You know, it's something where I actually said, how do you take notes? Because she is so (laughs) methodical about how she does it. How do you keep your files? Because she's so good at how she does it. But the problem was I was coming to meetings and trying to be like her. And I wasn't doing a good job of being like her. Because I am not like her. I approach things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. I think in ideas. uh, I think in questions. I'm always trying to find that one thing that that might spark something that people were talking about. And so I was coming into the meeting, trying to be like her to the best of my ability, not being as good at her as it, which makes sense because that's who she is. Mm. But then I wasn't really adding any of my own value either Mm. because Mm. I was just just trying to be someone Mm. that I wasn't. And then I was going into a negative repercussion of recognizing that okay, I didn't say anything good in this meeting. Mm. And when I tried to do it, you know, she got to it faster, which is because that's who she is. Mm. And so it just created this negative spiral for myself Mm. of like, what value am I adding here? Not really recognizing myself in Mm. these meetings Mm. and not bringing bringing myself forward in Mm. any way that was recognizable to me or to the other people in the room. And I remember that, that you were beating yourself up quite a bit about it. And it's interesting, you know... I know that you know this work, the Gallup Strengths Finder work, where they talk about the fact that, you know, to be exceptional at something, you need to build on your strengths. So it's good to learn from someone who's different from you. But right. if that's not your strong point, you're a minimum going to become average. Yeah. And so you were turning into kind of average mini me and rather than being exceptional Bethany. Exactly. And so we spent some time like coming back to, well, you know, how do you add value? And, you know, what, what do you bring that nobody else brings uh, to, to this meeting? What helped you to to get a grasp of that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, of course, the coaching helped (laughs) uh, and being able to talk to someone about this challenge. And I think where the light really turned on was I knew I was appreciated at work. I knew I was doing something right, but I don't think I had the self-recognition to know what that was. And so a couple of the things that helped get me to recognizing what that was was when you helped me define sort of my life metaphor or my life metaphor purpose of recognizing, you know, what strength do I bring and what does that mean to me? Because Mm -hmm. that statement was something I really felt identity with. Like Mm -hmm. it really reflected who I am. Mm -hmm. And so that aha of, yes, this is something that I do really well. I see things that others don't see right away. Mm -hmm. I can ask questions that other people don't think of Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. I see connections between things that other people may not have identified as quickly as I have identified them. And the metaphor is an embodiment of that. And recognizing just 
speaking that metaphor and knowing that metaphor and recognizing myself in that Mm -hmm. was, I think, the first step of saying, oh, that's what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And that's what I should be bringing Mm -hmm. more often. So Mm -hmm. I think this was the first step of just knowing what that was Mm -hmm. for me. And the metaphor, the fact that it was visual was very helpful for me versus Mm. a statement or a purpose or something like this. And then I think there were also some just very physical things that we did, you know, recognizing that, okay, well, if I want to be my best self and be able to make these connections, then I need to listen in the meeting and I need to be very alert and aware. Mm. And that's one of your strengths, isn't it? Is listening to hear the connections and hear what people are really looking for. Exactly, mm. exactly. So the one thing I realized there was that, okay, my laptop, which previously I was bringing and looking at with my stack of papers so that I could, you know, find that right fact was actually hurting me, not helping me because I was... Mm -hmm. I was getting so engaged in these papers and these numbers that I wasn't able to engage in the room and the conversation at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So physically, it was a great piece of coaching, physically not taking them or putting them to the side, mm-hmm. closing the laptop or not taking it into the room was incredibly helpful because it forced me to be my best self. I couldn't try to do something that I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So this was one. I think another one that was very helpful was, of course, you need to know your data going into the meetings. Of course, you need to be prepared. But also, we practiced phrases that could help in those situations where maybe I didn't have the perfect number at the perfect time, but I knew enough to get to the other side of the question. Mm. So instead of, you know, and practice phrases like, it's about 40%, but I'll confirm after the meeting. Mm -hmm. So actually, I think one of the things that happened here was you were, again, it's this what we call about the saboteur voice, yeah, the inner critic saying, oh, you should know this number, Bethany. Yeah. And, um, you know, you gave yourself permission to tell it to, to go away, you know, and that you knew enough to answer the question. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's just it. And I, it's funny because I do know my stuff. Of course right? I do. You do, yeah. But when I have all the papers... I feel like they know. It's almost like I've outsourced my brain (laughs) to these papers instead of relying what's in my brain. Mm -hmm. So putting the papers and the laptop away and trusting my brain, but then having the phrases to move through the conversation Mm -hmm. to get to the other side Mm -hmm. of and not getting sort of hooked on to, oh, it's 40.3 changing index 117 versus a year ago, whatever it is. Recognizing that... I know in my brain enough to get us through that. I need not get stuck. Yeah, because it's it's focusing you back on the big picture, not on the kind of the, the number itself. It's like what's what's why, important. Why does that, it matter? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that was very helpful. I also remember we did some envisioning mm-hmm. and even little things like okay, imagine yourself in the room. Where are you physically sitting? Who are you sitting next to? How will the conversation flow and when might you jump in? What might be some of the starter questions that you use mm-hmm. to to jump in and, you know, have mm-hmm. that voice? And so I think also the the envisioning, like really using a visual representation of what that meeting is mm-hmm. going to look like in advance to be able to go into that room and bring my best self mm-hmm. to, that, to that room. Yeah. I remember also I was talking about you don't only need to have answers you can ask questions exactly exactly and this to me was is perfect right because questions are a wonderful way of number one getting more information from people and Mm. trying to get to okay what is the heart of really really the problem that Mm. people want to solve for 
but it also gives you time to think. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it actually made me very aware of other people in the organization who are very good at asking smart questions and mm-hmm. how they use that strategically. Mm-hmm. And I realized, well, that's something I can do because that's something I, I'm good at asking questions. I can listen and understand and then use that mm-hmm. time. So it was very helpful both in terms of the behavior, but also the recognition that Many people are very successful using questioning as a way of pulling more, Mm -hmm. getting more understanding from Mm -hmm. a room of people, moving them through problems and challenges, and recognizing that that's something that I can do as well. It gave you another model to work from. Exactly. A model that works for me. Right. And another thing you told me about was actually going to ask people for feedback. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, often in these meetings, there's you know very important people and then a lot of other just important people. And <laughs> many of these people are colleagues of mine that I trust and that are in many of these meetings with me. And so I sought out one person in particular that I have very high trust and respect for and said, you know, this is what I'm working on, mm-hmm. how I come across in these meetings, coming across in a way that feels authentic to me, but also helps me do look good in front of very important people, right? I want to build my exposure and my um, perception in front of others. And so she was also very helpful because she's in many of these meetings with me of being able to to give me that feedback and say, ah, but this is how you came across. And I actually really respect the fact that when you do say something, it's very much on point. Mm -hmm. It opens up a new lens or opens up a new way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of positive reinforcement from there as well Mm -hmm. of when I am my best self, it's actually incredibly helpful, which I don't know that I had realized prior mm -hmm. to. And it's so interesting, Bethany, because... Again, I read an HBR article not so long ago where they were talking about the fact that we don't often get feedback on our strengths. And yet we can be, because they come easily to us, we don't really have that finesse of knowing what they are. And so we can't build on them. And and it's so helpful to ask people, you know, when when I show up really well, what is it that I do Mm -hmm. that works? Exactly. Because then you can do it again. But if you don't know what it is, you can't do it again, right? Exactly. Um, Or it's a bit hit and miss. So uh, that's that's so valuable, I think, mm-hmm. for anyone. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the difference, because you told me earlier that this was a bit of a turning point in many ways for you to get to this really showing up as, as your true self and, and so on. What was the turning point? In fact? Yeah, so I think once I recognized what I am and how that brings something that nobody else can bring, I actually realized that my manager and I complement each other very well mm-hmm. uh, in this space and that her filing system and logic and way of thinking and what I bring to the table, we actually work really, really well together. And Mm -hmm. so not being like her actually became an advantage, Mm -hmm. I think, for our team. Mm -hmm. Because when we both come to the table now, between the two of us, you know, nothing's going to pass. Right. And and so that was incredibly helpful for our working relationship mm. of now she didn't see me as trying to be like her per se. I'm not saying she saw that previously, but I think she was starting to recognize what I can do exclusively and what I bring that's special. I know what she's good at as well. So when I need help in those areas, I can go to her. And so I think for our you know manager-managee relationship, it also really helped us come to the business as a better team. Right. As a better team. And the business wins as well. Of course, of course. The yeah. business wins. We both win individually. And I and I think, you know, having this perspective on it has helped me appreciate her more mm-hmm. because in appreciating what I do well, 
I also don't have to dislike myself for what I don't do well. Mm. And knowing that she does do that well, well, great. Yeah. Wonderful. I can work with her on that. And so I think it was really enabling for sort of the trust that we had Mm. overall as well. Yeah, that's great. And I think that one of the things is just... I'm noticing is how you've, you were always great, yeah, at what you did, but it's seeing you kind of open up in your confidence. How has that kind of added to you moving forward in other areas? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, often in marketing research, we run qualitative research. And in this qualitative research, we are trying to get things from people. We're trying to understand the underlying insights behind why they use a product, why they don't use a product, what they think of a brand. And people can't just tell you this because it's not something that they know how to articulate. Mm, so you go it's through, not conscious, right? It's not conscious. So you go through a research process mm-hmm. to try to understand all of this. And I love this profession. It's very interesting to me to work through this. And part of the reason why I'm good at it is because I connect things that aren't said and I see the underlying meaning and either the expression mm. or something else that comes together. But what's interesting is that usually in that process of understanding where you've gone in with a purpose, I need to, by the end of this three days of research, we need to come out with insights that are going to unlock the big idea. You go in eager to get to that answer as quickly as possible. Mm. And you're there with the team, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you've got a whole group of people that are also eager to get the answer straight away. But it doesn't come straight away. And usually about a day and a half into the research, there's this oh shit moment where (laughs) You've gotten all this stimulus, all this information, but you are no closer to the aha than mm-hmm. when you started. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost always it feels like you're no closer. It feels like you're no closer <laughs> to, to where you started. And this is usually uh, the team loses confidence. They start questioning everything. Mm-hmm. They get nervous about where we're going. And they ask you to go and speak to the moderator. Exactly. <laughs> talk to the moderator. Why isn't she asking it like this? And what I realized is in the past... I would also have that lack of confidence. Mm. But now I recognize that, no, wait a second. I know we are going to get to this good place. Mm. The connections will come together. Mm. I know that I can help that because that's what I'm good at. Mm. I can help the team get there. Mm -hmm. And we all have to go through this oh shit Mm. moment together. Mm. There's no going around the oh shit moment. You have to go through it. Mm. And so now when that moment happens, instead of getting sunk into it, I can pull the rest of the team through it and actually label it and say, oh, guys, here we are. It's the oh shit moment. Great. (laughs) Let's get to the other side of it. And I do that now. I label it and I own it. And I have the confidence in a room full of people to say, amazing, guys. We're at the oh shit moment. We don't know what's going on. Everybody feels terrible. Everybody wants to go home. Nobody thinks this research has been worth it. We hit it. Good. Let's keep going. Uh, where in the past, I yeah. I was kind of pulled down by it as well. Mm. So the confidence to to know that it's going to work out based on what you bring to the table, mm. which are just yeah. like on a project type of basis, but also very helpful. Mm. And that is really an important leadership point that you're bringing up just there, because I think often as leaders, we can either let the other people pull us into their energy Um, So we're just like a thermometer. We can say, oh, you know, it's the oh shit moment and isn't life terrible and we're never going to get there. Or we're a thermostat and we say, no, guys, we're at the oh shit moment, but we're going to keep going because out of this chaos, there comes clarity. But we have to go through the chaos. So you're leading the way rather than letting them overwhelm you with their 
you know, skepticism and all the emotions that come with it and the, and the fears and so on. And, and so I want to say, you know, that's so cool to see you stepping into that and recognizing that you're doing it in your way mm-hmm. because, you know, you're this person who sparks sparks off ideas you're the one who's like focusing the energy from which the ideas come and you're really focusing them and and so this metaphor I think that I mean we haven't shared the metaphor I don't know I'm okay if you share it if we want to share it no if you want to share it yeah share it so you will you share it yeah so the metaphor is I am a magnifying glass that lights the spark that creates the flame that pulls everyone together Mm. and then with that fire that's created you can cook meals you can create great ideas like it pulls everyone together so it's this magnifying fire that Mm. lights the flame that pulls everyone together yeah and so you're concentrating the energy focusing people's energy can you see how you're doing that in this situation yeah exactly and what i love about this metaphor is it's a metaphor for who you are but it's also a metaphor for your leadership for your style which is really about like creating this energy focus in the right place so that other people's they can fan the flame and make the creativity and the ideas exactly. uh, into bigger things. Yeah, and I you know I love the magnifying glass because then you you know sometimes you tilt the magnifying glass a little bit to the left and you see something different. You tilt mm. it to the right, you see something different. And and so just another thing that I'm good at is thinking in options and if not this then this and this then this and that's holding that magnifying glass up to the sun in different ways to get different effects Mm. so I find the metaphor incredibly helpful to remind myself what I'm good at yeah so often when I get stuck in something even mentally stuck in something I say well how would I handle this Right. <laughs> Asking yourself how you would handle it. Yeah, That's like, brilliant. Like, how would my metaphor yeah. handle this situation? Yeah, but you know, Bethany, so many times when we're in that kind of situation, um, we have the other voices telling exactly, us how yes. we should handle it yeah. or how, you know, our boss would handle it right. or, you know, uh, you know, whoever the other mentor yeah. would handle it or whatever. But that is the question. How would I handle this? How would this I nice? handle it? How would my best self handle this? Exactly. Rather I, than my I'm scared to death self. Yeah. Exactly. And I think also I remember when we went through and named the saboteurs. Yeah. Knowing that they're there and naming them again was incredibly helpful because then when you name them and you know they're there, then it says, okay, wait a second. I hear that saboteur telling me I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And that gives you the right to then say, now what would I do? <laughs> Brilliant. So what will you do next? What's your next uh, venture, Bethany? Uh, My next venture. So I am continuing to learn French in a way that works for me, which is really nice. And because I found a style of learning that works for me, I'm actually starting to see payoffs in what I'm learning. And then, of course, you get this virtuous cycle that reinforces itself. So this has been wonderful. Over the past few years, I've had stepping stones where my French will leap and then it will plateau and then it will leap and it will plateau. And I'm going through another one of those leaps right now. And I think a lot of it's due to the fact that I've realized this is how I learn. And that's not, may not be how other people learn, but that really works for me. Great. In terms of work, we've got really exciting new projects. I'm going to be leading a team through some work in China next month. There's going to be an oh shit moment. There's going to be... (laughs) The end state is completely unknown, yeah. and I'm very excited about going through that journey with a group mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess, you know, the one other thing that we hadn't talked about, but I think even my parenting style mm-hmm. has been helped by this. Yeah. And Isn't the recognition of, you know, there's so much advice about parenting right. out there. Mm-hmm. And I spent quite a few of the early years of my son reading all of this advice of how other people will do it and thinking that there was some magic formula that someone else had come up with. Mm-hmm. And 
through this process, even though it was very work-based, recognizing that, no, this is who I am as a parent. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. Yeah. And being able to bring my best self to, to that aspect of mm-hmm. my life as well. That's wonderful. And it's been such fun having this conversation. Yes. Oh, I'm sure we're going to continue the conversation <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Bethany, thank you so much. Thank you, Ruth. Bethany and I recorded this interview way back in 2019, but we thought the learning was too good not to share, and I hope you agree. It's easy to fall into the trap of comparing yourself negatively to someone who's successful, but who has a completely different strength profile, and then lose your confidence trying to be someone you're not. Bethany was able to turn the situation around by stepping back to recognize her own strengths and create practices that enabled her to use them positively to show up at her best and add value. She intentionally sought feedback from people she could trust, built her confidence and turned the complimentary styles of her and her boss from a lose for her into a win-win-win for her, her boss and the team. I hope this conversation also gave you a feel for how coaching can support you in showing up and stepping up your leadership from a place of strength, authenticity and purpose. If you think that coaching could help you and you'd like to have a conversation to find out more, then you can make an appointment for a 30-minute complimentary session with me via my website, yourpathtosuccess.ch. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast to hear more inspiring stories of leaders stepping up to new challenges on their personal path to success. 